Hello and welcome to the Complete Small Business Show. I'm your host, Gus Ryan, and I work at Wolfgang Digital. We make podcasts for Virgin Media Business. The Complete Small Business Show will deliver short bursts of knowledge designed to help SME owners navigate some aspects of business life that might not be their area of expertise. For example, in Series 1, we looked at human resources. In Series 2, we covered promoting your business online. And in Series 3, we're going to take a look at leadership, strategy and planning for SME owners. To do that, in each episode, we'll talk to Carol O'Reilly from Redwood & Co. Redwood & Co. is an international collective of highly experienced learning and development specialists, business coaches and trainers. Carol is the founder of Redwood & Co. and has over 20 years experience in business management, leadership and organisational development across the United States and Europe. Prior to her business coaching career, Carol was the executive assistant to Estee Lauder, a time in her life that she likes to refer to as her Devil Wears Prada years. In this final episode, episode 5, Carol is going to give you some tactics on how to effectively execute your business plan. Okay, Carol, so in previous episodes, we've mentioned that lots of time and energy goes into strategy documents, and then unfortunately, they just get filed away and they never see the light of day. So what's the best way to make sure that your plan is followed? (laughs) It's a great question. I suppose for me, it's seeing the plan not as a document, but as a living document. Okay, so one that is born out of initial contributions and then continually reviewed and challenged with the people in your business is the key here. So I think it's you have to make it a part of your everyday conversations or at least your weekly meetings to kind of say, okay, how does this link to, you know, what we said in the business plan? Not, a, not even necessarily just how we're doing against it, but how does it link? All right. So you want to kind of bring that type of conversation. So because what's the point in putting a lot of time into crafting words on paper if they're not to act as a beacon for communications as well as a guidepost for the daily decision making, really, after all? Mm. So for me, it's around actually bringing it into meetings. It's about um, checking your decision making as well as your metrics against it. Yeah, I suppose if you have it on paper and you're not talking about it, why is it on paper? Exactly. Yeah. So are there any frameworks in this regard then that can help us in the execution of a business plan or strategy? As business owners, uh, I think we make many decisions like every day. Some decisions are inconsequential and carry very little risk. And then there are those that truly require careful consideration. I think as leaders, we're continually faced with deciding on courses of action, many that have important repercussions in the lives of both the people that we employ and the businesses we lead. Therefore, I think the ability to make choices through the use of good judgment is an essential skill that all business owners must continually cultivate, and which really comes to light in the context of both devising one strategy, but also in the implementing and executing of your business plan to get you there. So the decision-making bit, I think, is really, really important. So a useful tool for making better decisions, um, one that I came across that I really like, um, came from a book called Decisive, which is a book by the Heath brothers, Chip and Dan. And their model is called the RAP model. So let me just give you a quick overview of it and see what you think. The Heath brothers talk about what they call as the spotlight effect, uh, which would be the human tendency to see only that the information that's right in front of them, okay? And often what happens is that's to the exclusion of other things that maybe aren't illuminated, 
All right. So okay. you have this spotlight that shines on what we know. Sure. All right. But may, it may be not spread out too far beyond that. So what they suggest is that what's in the spotlight will rarely be everything we need to make a good decision. Most times we forget to shift the light, dwelling only on the tiny circle of light we're used to and forgetting that there's typically a broader landscape to consider. The Heap brothers also identify what they call as the four villains of decision-making that I also think are useful to become cognizant of, at least, in your decision-making. So the first one of their villains they call is narrow framing. All right. And what that really does is it implies that the way you frame your decision uh, can make you miss options. All right. So you you just might be you grab the first thing or the first two things, but you may not be considering broader um, options that are out there by allowing your mind maybe to wander a bit more. All right. The other um, kind of villain of decision making would be what they call confirmation bias, which is suggesting that while weighing in on a decision, you gravitate towards self-serving information. So you have a hunch that this is what you might like or what you'd get a buzz out of, you know? And so you look for um, information that will further support that. Mm -hmm. Maybe not maybe paying attention to other information that maybe, say, customers are actually starting to veer a different way, okay? I'm I'm not sure if this is confirmation bias, but I love the expression that if your only solution is a hammer, every problem starts to look like a nail. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. You just start pounding on stuff even though it doesn't need it. Exactly, all right? Because it's what you you like. It's it's what you want. What you're good at. Exactly. And then um, their third village is what they call short-term emotions. And really that highlights that often one's current emotions can trump your ability to choose rationally. So your emotions about, you know, how to react to something um, could actually... um, I suppose, filter out that there could be another way to do something. So, you know, in this whole context of emotional intelligence that actually is operating in our world today, you've heard the term. Yes. Um, that really is about blending your emotions and your rational thinking together more effectively. And what can happen, what they're saying is that in the, in the um, short-term emotions is that your emotions lead you to make the decision and maybe forget to pull back and take a look a bit more at the data. Okay. Okay. And then um, the fourth um, villain that they talk about is what they call overconfidence, which you think, of course, you need a bit of confidence. That's why I started my business in the first place. But you have to be careful not to be overly confident. And what that does is it gives a kind of maybe a nod to the fact that because you were looking to predict the future, that that's not necessarily means that that is actually how it's going to unfold. So in the whole business planning process, just consider whatever plan actually works to plan. So get used to that idea that your plan is about here and now, all right? It's based on what you know, but be open to letting go of that. Don't hold it so tight, your business plan. Mm -hmm. You need to hold it, but as you get new new information, you need to kind kind of say, I might have gotten that wrong. I might need to adjust. And for me, those four villains um, are something that um, I think SME owners really need to become more self-aware about. If I think back to some of the stuff we were talking about in the first episode, yeah, your self-awareness, yeah. like wh- where's where's my decision-making coming from on this? Yeah, and like you were saying there, just with the overconfidence, but like it's a living document, so you know it, it is evolving as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, great. So if you think you spot one of these villains in your planning, what would you do to battle these or overcome them? Oh, good question. Okay. I think sharpening your decision-making process as they look to execute your business plan um, from the four, four villains is critical 
really if you want to get on and run your business effectively. Um, and that your plan is acting more as a guide than maybe as a strict and fixed path we were talking about earlier. To this end, actually, the Heath brothers go on in their book and they provide us with kind of what they have um, come to um, put together as their four-step process. And they call that the RAP model. And, and really, they use this as a guide to help you make better decisions in the context of business planning. So let's, let me walk you through it a bit. Sure. Okay. So in their RAP model, the W stands for widen your options. So if you think about narrow framing, this is about flipping. How are you going to widen your options, right? And it implies asking yourself, like, what else might be possible? Or imagining what would happen if none of your current options were there. What would you do then? All right. It prompts you to multi-track as well by considering several options at the same time. So instead of that this or that, how about giving a this and that approach? Um, maybe a go. So right. if instead of saying, oh, I could do this or I could do that, what if you were to combine them? That would be widening your options. Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. to coming up with something completely different. So the next in the RAP model is the R, which stands for reality test your assumptions. And in that context, it's asking you to kind of, you know, come back and ground what it is you're thinking and make sure that you understand the current landscape you're in. So experts agree that many errors in decision-making come from an over-reliance on our own perceptions and assumptions. This is the place where kind of our judgment comes in close contact with our humility and our courage. All right. So errors in judgment often have to do more with our human flaws than with the data miscalculations. And a good antidote to this is healthy disagreement. Purposely seeking disagreement while evaluating alternatives will lead to better decisions. So actually going after someone who has an opposite opinion to help you reality test is a really good thing. There's an excellent TED talk by a woman called Margaret Heffernan. Um, and in it, actually not the Irish Margaret Heffernan, but the, she's a, a UK lady. I've made that mistake. <laughs> um, and in that, she, she has a great TED talk on dare to disagree. And she talks to this notion of actually um, finding someone who will challenge you so severely that they're really their role is to prove you right mm -hmm. by not proving you wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really good thing here in terms of reality testing your assumptions as well, is to have that mindset, to being open to challenge um, and taking that on. So inviting that devil's advocate in, I think, is a really important aspect of, you know, your decision making and fighting that villain. All right. Next up in the model would be the A, for which is about uh, attaining distance before deciding. So you know that old adage, oh, let me sleep on it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually really good advice. Yeah. All right. Um, it reminds us to attain kind of distance before making decisions, emotional distance, um, and also processing distance, um, distance from a rational side, right, to soak in that information a bit more. Um, oftentimes, uh, through the process of exploring options and challenging our assumptions, we get to see crystal clear solutions or an approach to follow. But sometimes we get stuck at that point when we actually have to choose. And in that moment, just check your emotions. Be aware of what they are. So beware of the tendency to protect the status quo and instead try to look at the situation as if you were a third party instead. Ask yourself, what would I tell my best friend to do in this case, as opposed to personalizing it? All right. And I think that really helps. Because it's not about neutralizing your emotions and your decisions, because that's certainly not, not what you want to do. You want to feed into that intuitive place sometimes. But it's ensuring that both the thinking and the feeling are effectively combined. All right? So the book references um, agonizing decisions are often a sign of the conflict among core priorities. And what that really means is make time to get to know what your core priorities are, all right, rather than getting caught up in the current moment. State them and then courageously stick to them. 
All right. Okay. And then we have our final um, P in the model in RAP, which stands for prepare to be wrong. <laughs> and I think this is a great one to kind of um, sum up, I think, that whole notion of a mindset that you need to take into business planning. When we make a decision, we are, of course, hoping to be right, right? Uh, and in this way, we can often be overconfident about how we think about the future would unhold. So overconfidence makes us relax. And when we're not in a healthy state of alert, we may be unprepared for unpleasant surprises. Therefore, to think of the future not as a single point, but as a range of possible outcomes instead. Perhaps seeing your metrics in your business as tripwires might be a really useful concept for people. Tripwires can be dates, metrics, budgets. And in this way, when you're seeing the tripwire, tripwire rather than say I'll just wait and see what happens you tell yourself I will act when what happens okay so when x happens for instance so where the x could be an increase in sales or a decrease in margin so while setting a tripwire you could be seen as being overly cautious it can also have a relaxing benefit of allowing you to find some room for experimentation you can stay on auto you can stay on your autopilot focusing on doing the work until you hit that trigger so if you go back to what we were talking about earlier, where you're like, you know, we have to get the work done mm -hmm. and you kind of yeah. focus on achieving it. But actually when you see, oh, you know, I have to get this many out. But actually, if, as I look, my tripwire now is saying, actually, my margin is falling on my product. Yeah. Time for me to think about what needs to be done here. Right. So you use them as vehicles to kind of prompt other sides of your thinking. I might have to go back to a supplier and renegotiate um, a price point on a component or, you know, yeah, or whatever yeah. to bring things back in line. So you use them in that way. Those are all things that keep that business plan alive in the business. Sure. Those are the things that actually... I think other th you need to cultivate not only in yourself, but with your team in the business, taking all the data you can. I think sometimes we forget that actually some of the most insightful things that we can glean about our business come from not ourselves, but come from the people who work in our business, who experience it in a very different way. So, you know, we talked about engagement as well in an earlier episode and making sure that we really do engage with our people about what it is they're seeing, what are the conversations they're having with our customers that maybe our customers having aren't having with us as SME owners is a really important conversation to have, you know, to tap into that information. Sure. And I think it, it breathes fresh insight into keeping your business plan alive. So overall, when it comes to business planning, I think it's important to recognize that while our decisions may never be perfect, using a framework for choosing a strategy, developing a business plan, and then executing on the plan. So it not only helps leaders chart a course, but also shows those they lead that there's a process, which in turn gives meaning to the decisions being made and builds trust about embracing changes to, to the plan along the way, as they can be better perceived as helping to keep the business on track. And that's really the whole point of a business plan is to set a direction and then to keep it on track. Yeah. But in a way that's not too fixed, um, in a way that's loose, that um, allows you to continue to learn, allows you to continue to grow and experiment in the marketplace that's always constantly changing around you. Brilliant. Well, that's certainly brought a fresh perspective to the business plan for me anyway. And I hope an awful lot of people take, as I'm sure they will, an awful lot out of this series. Thanks a million, Carol. Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks, Gus. So there you go, lots of great advice on how to execute and make sure your business plan and your business stay on track. For more podcast episodes like these, head over to the Virgin Media Business Content Hub 
and that's at www.virginmedia.ie forward slash business forward slash the hyphen hub. If you found this episode useful, please share it on social media. If you're an iOS user, please give us a rating in the iTunes app. It really helps other people find the show. And if you'd like to find out more about the services that Virgin Media Business can provide for your small business, please go to www.virginmedia.ie forward slash business forward slash small hyphen business. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.